the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. And welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies. Strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype. Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Have you been able to get outside and enjoy yourself this week? It's not so hot or humid outside lately. And there were actually a few days where the cool mornings and evenings were actually a a little bit of a shock. It's a, a little bit disappointing to see some of our summer flowers past their prime, but there's still plenty of green everywhere. They forecast highs in the 70s and no rain. I think there's maybe one one rainy day, but, who, you know, who trusts these forecasts anyhow? What more could we ask for? So, just make sure you get outside and enjoy life and while well, you still can. Uh, but in any case, the autumn is a great time of the year before old man winter comes in and it's also the time to get start planning or making sure that things get done. It won't be fun trying to get the snowblower started or keep working in 10 degree temperatures, particularly when we could have prepared in some way during the nice weather before we were desperately needing 
uh, something to work. What were we thinking? It's the same with our goals and our investments. We need to put them on our to-do list and to get it done. This week, there was a lot of questions and worries, but few answers. The biggest worry was the looming strike of the UAW against the big three uh, automakers. The United Auto Workers and the auto companies have been negotiating for several weeks now in anticipation of the end of the present four-year contract on Thursday. Well, the strike question was answered Thursday when uh, 12,700 workers in three uh, plants walked off the job, according to the Wall Street Journal, after the midnight deadline for new contract for the new contract passed, workers walked out at a uh, Ford Motor Plant in Michigan that makes the Bronco SUVs. A, uh, another one was the General Motors factory in Missouri that assembles the Chevy uh, Colorado pickups, and a Atlantis plant in Ohio that builds the Jeep Wranglers and the SUVs. So the, the Stellantis is the uh, basically the owner of Chrysler and the, the Jeep brand now. The union and the auto workers are still far apart after weeks of talks. Uh, that put a huge problem on the table that in, involved uh, many more workers and plants depending upon how negotiations proceed. So they started out small and uh, Basically, the list of uh, plants and uh, uh, workers can be expanded. The UAW has 150,000 members at the auto plants. And a strike by all the workers at GM, Ford, and uh, Stellantis uh, would cause an economic loss of more than $5 billion after just 10 days. So... uh, That's according to a study by Anderson Economic Group, which is a Michigan-based consulting firm. Uh, Two other worries uh, have been eclipsed by the auto strike. You know, that's one worry that we were talking about before was a possible government shutdown at the end of September. That's the end of the fiscal of the federal government fiscal year, and Congress and the president have not uh, approved or uh, appropriated funds for the 2024 fiscal year. So what's happened in the past, continuing resolutions have been used uh, to keep the federal government open, but uh, we'll see. There will be a lot of drama, uh, but we'll see what happens in the next two weeks. The other question was uh, the next Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting is scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. September 19th and 20th. So will they raise the uh, federal funds rate? Probably not. Uh, Will they tell us when they're going to start to lower the Fed funds rate? Right now it's 5.5%. Probably not. Uh, But they will generate the dot plot. Uh, That's where they have the the future estimates of of inflation or uh, federal funds rates or uh, gross domestic product, and they estimate them for, you know, one year out, two years out, and then long term. So 
uh, you have to interpret it. It looks like a shotgun pattern when they put them together there because there's uh, there's something like uh, 18 people making guesses on each one of those topics. And so that might provide a clue regarding when they uh, plan to start lowering uh, the federal funds rate. You know, that'll be the signal that we're basically getting back to normal, that the inflation is under control as far as they're, they're concerned. And uh, that'll be good for both the stocks and the, and the bond market. But let's go back to the automotive uh, strike and the the according to the Bloomberg article, the strategy for targeting individual plants is designed to uh, methodically cut production of profitable vehicles while minimizing the impact of, on the uh, UAW strike fund. Uh, the union said it will add strike locations depending upon how bargaining uh, progresses. Uh, the UAW president, uh, Sean Fain, uh, said late, late uh, Thursday, quote, uh, tonight for the first time in our history, we will strike all three of the big three at once. Uh, this strategy will keep the company guessing. It will give our national negotiators the maximum leverage and flexibility in bargaining. And if we need to go all out, we will. So it's a matter of uh, uh, watching and seeing what happens. In negotiations for a new uh, four-year contract with the three biggest uh, American legacy car makers, he's demanding uh, pay raises in return of uh, benefits uh, conceded in the years before and after the 2008-2009 recession. He also wants to ensure good wages and benefits for for workers making electric vehicles, and we'll get to that in a second. The UAW and auto companies will negotiate a new four-year contract involving 150,000 UAW members working at Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, uh, uh, which, which, as I said before, owns the uh, the old Chrysler uh, or the new Chrysler uh, lineup. Uh, negotiations are about a lot of issues, uh, the cost of living adjustments, pensions for the newer workers, uh, job security that selected plants. So, but the main issues are going to be pay and benefits. And UAW originally requested that the automakers increase the compensation of their hourly workforce by 40% over the life of the four-year agreement. And which basically comes to 46% once the raises are compounded. And uh, then they drop the ask to 36%. So we're talking about the uh, opening position of 36% increase in wages over a four year period. And full time UAW workers currently start at $18 an hour and they max out at around $32 an hour. The union wants to elevate starting pay to a level much closer to the top rate. And uh, after the relatively high inflation of 2022, it wants to restore a cost of living or COLA uh, 
allowed that'll be tied to inflation. That benefit went away in 2007. It also wants the companies to use uh, uh, fewer, <coughs> excuse me, just a second. It also wants the companies to use fewer temporary workers. And uh, uh, the UAW is seeking to restore benefits lost in the years uh, uh, in the 2008-2009 recession when uh, uh, GM and Chrysler went bankrupt and took government bailouts. They include the restoration of traditional pensions and retiree health care, improved retiree health care, and the reduction of the work week uh, to 32 hours from 40 hours. So there's a lot of demands in this uh, uh, strike. So basically, we'll see how serious everybody is uh, about uh, getting this thing settled. A lot of times you go into these things and... and uh, uh, one party really doesn't want to get settled in a in a reasonable amount of time, so you never you never know what's happening here. Aside from wages and benefits, uh, you also have this switchover uh, from the uh, uh, present uh, production of um, combustion vehicles to these electric vehicles. But how's that going to fit in? Uh, The electric vehicles require fewer parts and less labor to build uh, than gasoline-powered vehicles, and the transition uh, will inevitably lead to closures of plants that are making uh, engine parts, the motors and the engines and the transmissions and things of this nature uh, that we make for the traditional cars as consumers uh, gradually shift to EVs electric vehicles. Um, what you're seeing is that not only at the production levels, but also at the at the economic level or the financial level, the U.S. car companies are investing billions of dollars in joint ventures uh, with Asian uh, companies to build plants in the United States to make the batteries that are the main component of the electric vehicle. So they got a, ma- a major sticking point between the union and the car makers, include the wages and benefits for workers in these new plants and whether the UAW uh, can represent them. So um, in making the transition to the uh, electric vehicle battery fa- factories, uh, the federal government has available something like $12 billion in subsidies to basically retrofit the uh, auto plants for the electric vehicles or or hybrid hybrid production. And there's a stipulation in those uh, government money that union shops are given special consideration. So uh, according to a Bloomberg article, uh, the, uh, the combined wages and benefits for the Detroit three, Big Three have total uh, labor costs of about $64 an hour. Uh, that compares to an all-in labor cost of $55 an hour at the non-union assembly plants of international automakers such as Toyota. Uh, that's according to a source at 
Ford, who has who's familiar with the competitive labor rates and uh, labor costs at Tesla are even lower at forty five to fifty dollars an hour. That that includes uh, wages as well as benefits. In addition to the auto strike uh, news, this was a big week also for economic data, the latest consumer and wholesale inflation reports, uh, the consumer price index uh, and the producer price index. They both came out uh, this week. Also, the most recent retail sales reports were announced. And what you saw in the uh, inflation reports was due primarily to higher energy prices, inflation at both the consumer and the wholesale levels came in hotter than expected. Yet, interestingly, it didn't deter consumers as retail sales came in at much better than anticipated, too. So uh, the CPI readings for August, that came out on Wednesday morning, and on the surface, it didn't look great. Uh, The latest CPI uh, number showed headline inflation increased six-tenths of 1% in August, and it's up uh, 3.7% year over year from from August a year ago to August of this year, which is is up from the two-tenths of 1% rise and 3.2% year-over-year increase in July. So we went from two-tenths of a percent to uh, six-tenths of a percent, considering the month-by-month increase. And uh, the 12-month increase went from 3.2% to 3.7%. And uh, basically what you saw that uh, uh, rising crude oil prices drove much of the gain In the CPI in August, with energy prices soaring 5.6% in August and gasoline prices uh, gaining 10.6%. So the energy prices were way up, pushed the inflation numbers way up. Clearly, the increase in the headline inflation uh, last month was all energy and, and basically food, too. But when you back out food and, and energy, the numbers look much better. The core uh, CPI, which excludes the energy and, and food, uh, increased three-tenths of a percent in August and up 4.3% year over year. Uh, comparing that to last month, uh, last month uh, was two-tenths of a percent, a uh, monthly increase in a 4.7% annual increase. So uh, uh, numbers are higher, but uh, that's, you understand why. Uh, and uh, economists expected the core CPI to rise two-tenths of a percent in August and 4.3% in the last 12 months. So we'll see what happens in the future. And we'll get into the, the details of uh, uh, those numbers later in the show. Uh, the, the at the wholesale level, the factory gate level, uh, the producer price uh, index report was released, and that's the, the that was released Thursday morning, and that's the 
that's the number that the manufacturer charges the or increases the uh, 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 to the distributor before the distributor uh, increases it to the consumer. So the PPI report for August was released Thursday, and it showed that the wholesale inflation is also running a little hot. And the headline uh, PPI rose seven-tenths of a percent in August, and it's up 1.6% year over year. And uh, you compare that to the economist estimate for a four-tenths of a percent monthly increase, uh, the PPI energy index soared 10.5% in August as gasoline prices jumped uh, 20% at that level, at the wholesale level. However, when we back out food, energy, and trade services, uh, the producer price index only rose three-tenths of 1%. And uh, when you exclude uh, uh, food and energy, it increased only one-tenth of, uh, of 1%. So I think I I misread that. Uh, basically, the PPI, including food and, and uh, food, energy, and the trade services, increased three-tenths of a percent. And if you exclude food and energy, the PPI increased just one-tenth of one percent. So while the headline numbers are bad, uh, the details are much better, and we'll get those get to those details uh, later in the show. So basically, what we're seeing is this week global equities were mixed in the United States. Uh, two of the three major stock indices, the Standard and Poor 500 and the Nasdaq Composite, were both down for the week. Uh, this week, there was a lot of volatility in the U.S. Uh, markets due to the the threat of and the approval of the strike by the UAW against the uh, automakers, the big three. And uh, uh, the other stock uh, index, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, closed up for the week. So in the UK, uh, the FTSE 100 was up for the week, while uh, in the European Union, Germany's DAX, and the stock Europe 600 were both up for the week. While in Asia, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up, and in China, the Shanghai Composite and the Hong Kong Hang Seng were both down for the week. So on Friday, uh, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at uh, the Dow Jones closed at 34,000. 618.24, and basically that was up uh, 0.12% for the week. And the standard and poor 500 closed at 4,450.32, and that was down uh, 0.16% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 13,708. Point three four, and that was down zero point three nine percent for the week. So, in the big picture, uh, the big picture this week was mostly uh, uh, good 
you know, the, the CPI numbers, once you took away the energy and the food, which which the Federal Reserve can't do anything about, energy, food, or, or international uh, commodities. So uh, the, the, the Federal Reserve makes their primary decisions based upon the core uh, inflation numbers. And uh, those inflation numbers looked, uh, looked good compared to where we've been. You know, we've been at a year ago, we were at 9.1% in numbers. Now we're down to uh, uh, 3.7 and stuff like that, numbers like that. So uh, we're in the, in the phase, and they call it the beginning of the end of the inflation fight. So uh, the other part is the strike, and, uh, and nobody knows where that's going to go or how bad that that's going to get. So we know that. Uh, uh, you know, looking at the um, General Motors and Ford numbers, they weren't uh, all that different. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking at the exact numbers right now, but uh, as I recall, they only went down, let's say, two-tenths of one percent. I think that was for General Motors. So it's not a great, uh, it's not a great impact. And if we take a look at the big picture, uh, the big picture is that the economy is still very strong. The labor market is is still strong. Uh, they, all the efforts of the Federal Reserve in terms of raising the interest rates have slowed down uh, the growth of the uh, the economy, the U.S. economy, but they really haven't damaged it. Uh, the economy is still. Uh, rolling along in terms of manufacturing, in terms of the uh, the service industries, uh, in terms of even in terms of inflation. So uh, to me, uh, the, the, the system is uh, um, in the big picture uh, waiting for the Federal Reserve to start lowering these interest rates. And in that case, you've got the a big question about uh, one faction wants to keep the rates high uh, for fear that inflation could resurrect again. Uh, the other faction says, hey, uh, these high rates aren't free. Uh, we're, we're giving up growth in the economy uh, to, to keep these rates high. So let's get them down at a reasonable Time frame and everybody's guessing as to when they're going to come down. People say they're not going to come down, and, and rates aren't going to come down in 2024. But then I see, I see a lot of uh, people guessing that the rates could come down as early as December start. I mean, they would plummet. They would maybe start to come down, and. Uh, as early as December, and the guesses run from December to June. So it's all guesswork right now. And uh, a lot of times it's guesswork in the sense that if something happens, uh, right now there's no recession in sight, but uh, if something happens with a strike and other things, then you get uh, a recession, fears of recession coming back. Uh, the usual a Federal Reserve response to a recession is to cut the rates rather quickly. So 
to me, uh, the future looks bright, but it is, is the future. It's it's uh, several months out. What you're going to see, what you're predicting in the near term is, is uh, unknown. So uh, the best we can do best we can do in terms of where we're at is to pay attention to our financial plan and uh, keep saving, keep uh, allotting, hopefully, you know, somewhere around 15% of your take-home pay to uh, to your savings and investments and primarily your retirement plan. But then you've got other goals like uh, scraping together the down payment for the house if the house prices begin to go down or the interest rates are beginning to go down. So uh, you've also got raising the family and the cost of living associated with providing a standard of living for the family. So to me, it's a, it's a never-ending battle uh, juggling everything in terms of... Uh, uh, the, the home, the family, the career, the business, uh, uh, and we basically have to put together a plan and uh, think about and talk about uh, what we're valuing in that plan and uh, how much risk we want to take and how much we want to protect ourselves with uh, insurance like property and casualty or uh, uh, life insurance and things of this nature. So all of that has to be taken into account in, in the financial plan. And it basically is become, you become comfortable with things, develop a financial plan and use that financial plan to guide you, uh, for the next, oh, I don't know, the next 50 years. So, uh, times will change. Your goals might change, but most of the goals will be kind of set in stone and uh, you know how much you're going to have and have an approximate idea of how much you're going to need at a certain point in the future and you're going to save and invest that money to get to that point. So, uh, and you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. We can talk about what you're facing in life, uh, that's 1-888-281-1110. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese.
Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's one 888 Now, one of the, the <clears throat> big things that came out this week was the CPI numbers, which, uh, you know, all of us have been watching prices go up and up and up. And, of course, the ones we noticed first are the food and gasoline because we're always buying them. But they can, the Department of Labor, they put out their inflation number, and that's the uh, Consumer Price Index. And they report it every month. And uh, uh, Wednesday, they released their CPI report for August. And the... Uh, uh, the results show that inflation going up uh, a little, uh, as a panel of economists had predicted, uh, but it basically shows that we have more work to do, and we know we knew about it. But hey, uh, when you're moving in the right direction, uh, uh, more work to do seems much more, uh, you know, much more amenable, I guess, than when you're climbing this hill. So I think we're, so we were at 9.1% uh, uh, inflation a year ago. It was an uphill battle, but now we're down into the lower numbers. We're not down to the 2% yet, but we're getting there. Uh, headline inflation over the past 12 months uh, was reported to be uh, 3.7% for the period ending uh, August, uh, the end of August. Uh, the headline numbers, uh, you know, they've gone from uh, 3% in March of 2021. In 2021, they went from 3% in March to 5% by Labor Day to 7%. Uh, by Christmas of 2021, and then 2022, they got up as high as 9.1% uh, over a 12-month period in June, and uh, then they've been going down ever since. You know, like in uh, December of 2022, they were down to 6.5% over a 12-month period. So um, <clears throat> they also reported uh the uh, headline inflation rose uh uh when i say headline i mean the, the as opposed to the core inflation and the headline includes everything food and fuel it rose six tenths of a percent in august uh, from july and uh after increasing two tenths of a percent in july from june the department of labor also reported that the core uh, CPI or the index uh, for all items except uh, food and energy rose three tenths of a percent uh, in August from uh, July, and uh, over the last twelve months, the core CPI index basically rose four point three percent. And uh, what we're seeing is that shelter was the largest factor in the monthly increase. And that increased uh, uh, three tenths of a percent in August from July, and increased uh, uh, seven point three percent over the past twelve months ending in August. So, uh, 
shelter is also the biggest component in the CPI basket of goods and services. If you take a look and say, okay, uh, big numbers in that basket of goodies is shelter, and that's about close to 35% of the money that uh, of the basket. And then food is about 13.4%, and then energy is about 6.9%. Those are the three biggies in the basket that the uh, Department of Labor uh, keeps track of. And what we saw in August, uh, <clears throat> The headline uh, CPI number came in at uh, six-tenths of a percent uh, for the month of August and 3.7% for uh, the 12-month number. And if you pull out food and and, uh, energy, then uh, what you end up with is a three-tenths of a percent increase in uh, and. uh, August for the one month and 4.3% for the uh, 12 month increase. So uh, it's moving in. It's up a little bit from the from the July numbers, but basically it's moving in the right direction. And if you get down into the details, uh, what you see is the food index uh, rose two tenths of a percent in August. And that's the same as it did the previous month. And the index for food at home uh, increased uh, two six in, increased two tenths of a percent over the month, and that was less than the three tenths of a percent that it increased in July. Uh, the food away from home increased three tenths of a percent in August. Uh, the food at home index increased three percent over the past twelve months. And the index for food away from home uh, rose 6.5% over the last 12 months. So uh, it gives you an idea that food prices are increasing. Uh, In terms of energy, if you dig deeper into the data, you see that the uh, gasoline index increased 10.6% in August. That was the big bugaboo. that's the one that increased this uh, report, and that followed the two tenths of a percent increase in uh, July. So, the index for electricity it rose two tenths of a percent in August. Natural gas increased uh, one tenth of a percent over the month, and the index for fuel oil increased nine point one percent. If you look at uh, the takeaway food and fuel, and you got the core CPI number, and the core CPI number rose uh, three tenths of a percent in August after rising two tenths of a percent in July. And the, uh, the, uh, and what you see in there was uh, uh, like, the shelter index was the largest factor in the monthly increase for all items, less food and fuel. Uh, you also saw that uh, motor vehicle insurance increased 2.4% for the month after uh, rising 2% the month before. Uh, 
even watching that auto insurance just keeps on going up and up and up. Uh, the index for used cars and trucks uh, fell 1.2% in August after decreasing 1.3% in July. That's because with this auto strike, if that goes on for any period of time, like a month even, you, what you're going to see is the the used car prices and trucks going to go, are going to go up. The index of all items less uh, food and energy rose 4.3% over the last 12 months, basically from the end of August to the uh, uh, to the end of August a year ago. Uh, and uh, let's see, motor vehicle insurance over over the past year. Motor vehicle insurance has increased 19.1%. Recreation has increased uh, 3.5%. New vehicles increased 2.9%. So all in all, uh, things have increased a little bit, but I don't think it derails. I don't think it's derailing any any, uh, uh, plans or any... There's nothing the Federal Reserve is going to do. I don't see them. They're going to meet next week. They're going to meet Monday and Tuesday of this coming week. and Not Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. They're going to meet Tuesday and Wednesday this coming week. And uh, it's not expected that they'll increase the, um, the, uh, increase the rates. And, uh, and if we take a look then, if we take a look at consumer, uh, price increases. Now, if we take a look at the producer uh, price increases, then we're going to see that uh, uh, they also went up basically for the same reason. It's uh, the gasoline and things of this nature. And what we see in the uh, headline producer price index increased seven tenths of a percent in August from July and increased 1.6% from August a year ago, which is basically good news because if we take a look and say, okay, what did the uh, headline CPI numbers, headline CPI numbers increased six-tenths of a percent uh, in one month and 3.7% uh, over the past 12 months, and uh, the producer price index increased seven-tenths of a percent just a little bit more for one month and 1.6% in August from August a year ago. And that compares to 3.7% for the, the CPI. So uh, the uh, what we're seeing is that the... the uh, that, 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 that's, if you compare... If you compare the uh, numbers uh, for the producer price index for August, and there's still good news there because in uh, the headline number for the annual number for the producer price index was basically 12% per year over in 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 June of 2022. And it's now down to 1.6%. So a year ago, a little over a year ago, 
the producer price index was going, it was increasing at 12% a year, and now it's increasing at 1.6% per year. And uh, that's even better than the CPI numbers, the consumer price index, because a year ago, a little over a year ago, it was increasing 9.1% over a 12-month period, and now it's still increasing 3.7% over a 12-month period. So uh, we're winning the battle, but it's uh, it's uh, taking a lot of time to do it. And, uh, and sooner or later, we'll get to a point where we got inflation under control and uh, we're getting enough money, enough raises, uh, to compensate for inflation, and it won't be like we were a year ago, where inflation was rolling along at increasing at nine point one percent per year, and we were getting raises of three percent per year. So, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number at 1-888-281-1110. I mentioned earlier in the show that, uh, you know, the... uh, the CPI numbers and the, and the consumer price index numbers and the uh, the the uh, consumer price as well as the producer price numbers uh, look good or reasonable once you got down past the energy uh, part. Uh, and we're also showing that uh, uh, people are still spending, which is good news. Uh, According to the U.S. Department of Commerce, uh, they published their report on Thursday called the Advanced Monthly Sales for Retail and Food Services for August, and it showed that retail spending in August increased uh, as uh, people spent money on vehicles, gasoline, electronics, and appliances, and uh, uh, retail sales rose for the second month in a row. Indicating an increased pace of uh, personal consumption expenditures. So, the value of the overall retail purchases increased six tenths of one percent in August, um, and that's uh, following uh, five tenths of a percent increase in July. So, if we uh, exclude gasoline and uh, auto. Uh, sales, then uh, sales only rose two tenths of a percent in August. So, uh, <clears throat> what you see is that retail sales 
in food services decreased to uh, $697.6 billion in uh, June. Uh, oh, this must that's July. Uh, that's an August number, I'm sorry. Uh, from And that was up six-tenths of a percent from the $693.7 billion the month before. And uh, retail sales include sales of goods at bricks and mortar, bricks and mortar stores, as well as online buying. It doesn't include a lot of stuff like uh, um, insurance, health care, uh, housing costs, uh, uh, incidentals, haircuts, and stuff like that. So it's not a full picture of all the money that you spend on uh, retail services. Uh, and uh, with that in mind, it's, it's pretty difficult to get a good picture. Uh, but it is, we can take a look down and say, okay, what are people spending or how is their spending increasing or decreasing? In uh, in August versus July, and it shows that uh, uh, the retail and food services was up six tenths of one percent. Uh, retail alone, eliminating food services, was still up six tenths of a percent. Auto dealers up four tenths of a percent. Furniture was down. Furniture was down one percent. Electronic appliances was up seven tenths of a percent. Food and groceries are up four tenths of, of a percent. Gasoline was up five point two percent in August. Uh, general merchandise stores were up uh, three tenths of a percent, and uh, non-store retailers uh, that was flat for August and. Uh, uh, food and drinking places were up uh, three tenths of one percent. And if you take a look and say, okay, how much did they go up uh, over a three month period? Uh, let, let's do it over a one year, uh, compare August to August a year ago. What you see is that, that, that retail and food services were up 2.5% in. August compared to August a year ago. Uh, auto dealers up 4.1%. Furniture was down 7.8% compared to a year ago. Electronics and appliances were down 1.8%. Uh, food and groceries up 2.1%. Gasoline uh, was down 10.3% compared to a year ago. Uh, general merchandise stores were up. Two percent of food and drinking places uh, were up 8.5 percent compared to a year ago. And uh, uh, basically what you're seeing is that uh, people are still buying. Uh, There's a uh, gasoline prices uh, with a big hit to it. And you're also seeing furniture and electronics and appliances. Uh, be down compared to a year ago too. So, but we knew that already in terms of all these increased uh, interest rates are having a uh, it's causing a slowdown in manufacturing, and 
it hasn't caused a slowdown in service industries yet, but uh, uh, I think a lot of the activity in the service industries, like vacations and travel and restaurants and uh, sports events, all those things are things that we did without during the COVID. So in the present situation, uh, uh, people are uh, living it up while they can. And uh, basically, sooner or later, uh, we'll become realistic and say, well, you can't keep spending like we're spending. So we've got to cut back to, to, to be to something more normal. So uh, another thing we do is take a look at the industrial production and capacity utilization. And basically, what we're seeing there is that total industrial production increased four-tenths of a percent in August from July, and uh, that's after June's industrial production was down eight-tenths of a percent, and May's was down uh, four-tenths of a percent. So uh, the uh, in July, industrial production was down two-tenths of one percent from July a year ago. That's what we were talking about in terms of manufacturing. And uh, uh, we take a look at the what's hot and what's not. Uh, what we see is durable goods manufacturing uh, only increased one-tenth of one percent in August. And the hot spots were aerospace. That would be airplanes, too. It was up 3.3% for the month. Machinery, up two-tenths of a percent for the month. Primary metals up 1.6%. Computers and electronics up nine-tenths of a percent. We take a look at non-durables. That increased two-tenths of a percent for the month. And we're seeing printing increase 1.3%. Chemicals, 1%. Petroleum and uh, and coal products, uh, four-tenths of a percent. And then we take a look at mining. That increased three point uh, increased one point four percent in the month of uh, uh, August and three point nine percent over the previous twelve months. Utilities increased nine tenths of a percent in uh, August and one point two percent over the last uh, basically twelve months. So uh, all in all, the economies. Uh, plowing forward. It's slowing down, but it is still strong. And once the Federal Reserve begins to uh, lower the uh, interest rates, then we'll be in good shape to uh, get back to normal again. This is this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. What a wonderful, wonderful world this could be. The other day, as I was browsing around, flipping through things, I noticed an article entitled, I've Learned. And some of it spoke to me, and I it speaks to you, too. It goes like this. I've learned that no matter how much I care, some people just don't care back. I've learned that it takes years to build up trust, but only seconds to destroy it. I've learned that it's not what you have in your life, 
but who you have in your life that counts. I've learned that you can do something in an instant that will give you a heartache for life. I've learned that you should always leave loved ones with loving, loving words. It may be the last time you see them. I've learned that you can keep going long after you thought you can. I've learned that we're responsible for what we do, no matter how we feel. I've learned that either you control your attitude or it controls you. I've learned that heroes are the people who do what has to be done when it needs to be done, regardless of the consequences. I've learned that sometimes when I'm angry, I have the right to be angry, but that don't that doesn't give me the right to be cruel. I learned that just because someone doesn't love you the way you want them to doesn't mean they don't love you with all they have. I've learned that no matter how bad your heart is broken, the world doesn't stop for your grief. I've learned that our backgrounds and circumstances may have influenced who we are, but we're responsible for who we become. I've learned that two people can look at the exact same thing and see something totally different. I've learned that no matter how you try to protect your children, they'll eventually get hurt, and you'll get hurt in the process. I've learned that it's hard to determine where to draw the line between being nice and not hurting people's feelings and standing up for yourself. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Low, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.